0: Hypeworks episode three. It's Alex. It's
1: Jake. Jay again. Back again.
0: Back again. There's another podcast that uses that line, back again. It's a football podcast, Arsenal. And the guy says really? we're back again.
1: I was thinking uh more the uh uh Renegade Master.
0: Oh yeah, classic. <laughs> um yeah no it's been a busy uh week and uh we've been kind of cracking on um got some stories to talk about today we've got the goat of tennis roger federer retiring we'll talk about it at the end but first up um we're talking about ces we were talking about this week like the theme of ces this year is arvr everyone's coming out with headsets we've we've talked to people making headsets arvr uh, Apple apparently launching the AR glasses this year. Mm. Um, what's the feeling in the tea leaves regarding the AR VR?
1: You know, as you know, we've been through this, uh, with some, with some people in the industry, the, the big game changer really is adoption. Mm. Adoption of AR VR is going to change the game. So, uh, when Apple, Google, they release their finalized products, people will adopt them. These companies, uh, especially um, the ones based elsewhere in the world, which don't have huge consumer bases outside maybe their domestic markets, going to be very, very difficult to access uh international markets unless they have a partnership with google or apple or the likes mostly because the applications are based on their their uh, app stores whether Mm. it be google play or the app store for ios um so then the developers will start making the applications for this right now there's no native um way of accessing through the hard yeah the hardware so it's a cool space but right now nothing is uh effectively native for the the hardware in itself so they're kind of like fancy projectors right now until google come along
0: you've got the glasses on right i i got the glasses here you got the glasses correct for me like it's the the product has to look good like forget the forget the application like if the product doesn't look good people are not going to put it on their head right Mm. that's what it comes down to for me
1: I mean there's a couple of things here because i've been wondering that whether some of the uh, brands in the space currently are more like odms meaning that the product is made by a factory yeah. and then they will stick a brand on it and then re resell it through a distributor in the us or the uk yeah. um i do think that the look of the products right now is uh, especially the the non-brand ones. so yeah. excluding the apple and the google uh, glass here, but the yeah. the situation is right now. They are quite chunky. Some of them have like battery uh, packs on them. Some of them uh, have cables that you have to plug into your phone yeah. when you're actually using it. So again, the hardware is not completely rounded off, but then the integration with the software is not there right now. So CES is going to be a breakthrough moment in the industry. We've got all eyes in the technology world on AR VR. Is going to go huge, especially if you get the big launches of those like application based Mm -hmm. software platforms like Apple or Google, so that the developers, the communities around those, whether it be an Android or iOS, will then start developing software that is, uh, native for the device. And that's really what's missing right now. It's just a projector that, that sits about a centimeter away from your eyes, but it's cool. And, uh, I personally think that AR may be a little bit outpaced by VR in the long run. That's my personal Mm -hmm. feeling on
0: it. If you, uh, we, we've looked at a lot of companies, like who do you think is going to win? Like if you could pick one right now,
1: Google, 100%, 100%. I just think Google, because imagine everything's on Google maps. I know that there's other maps out there, like I know there's Apple Maps and uh, what's the other one, OpenStreetMaps is another big one, like an open source uh, mapping application, a lot of uh, EV charging maps. Not
0: Facebook, right? Because Facebook are technically, they ship the most hardware right now.
1: Well, Facebook will probably do well. I think Facebook will be almost like first movers in VR Mm. and then I think Apple will come along and there'll be a lot of hot competition. And then Google will probably dominate more in the AR space, mostly because of the integration, again, with like the Google maps and various pieces of software, like uh, the Google lens software as well. It's already in existence They're already collecting data and images and photographs. And, you know, you could take a photo of the skyline pretty much anywhere in the world or load it to like Google lens and it will be able to identify where you are based upon the skyline. That's incredible.
0: So say, like, say this takes off at CS, and, um, you know, I hope we can go to CS cause it's, uh, it's in Las Vegas. We can have fun. Um, say it takes off, like, what does that mean for like marketing people like us? Like, can we, do we have to like then shift, like, like focus to like from pictures and, and text over to the quote unquote metaverse? slash ARVR like because we've seen it before, right? Like we worked for Kami's in the past and they tried to do these like VR launches and they were just bad. You know, like the graphics were bad and the execution's really clumsy. And right now it's you know it's lame, right? Like in terms of the actual experience is really lame, you know. Everyone was ripping the piss out of uh, the Facebook guy because it was like it was like uh Nintendo graphics, you know, like back in the day, like with you know uh i think the question is like yeah do we shift our focus like immediately you know once the hardware takes off
1: the thing with the graphics situation is that the the graphics have to be rendered so therefore you're downloading data or you have a piece of hardware that would need some sort Mm. of processing power to be able to render it uh natively so um, it's for me, the graphics is, uh, it, it will come on leaps and bounds. Once everything's done in the cloud. Um, I think Google Chrome, the Chromebook was ahead of its time, uh, to be honest with you, I think that now we've got the, you know, 5g networks and people use the cloud more regularly. I think things like Google, the Chromebooks will come back, um, if they're not coming back already. Uh, the situation with AR VR in terms of like the, the paradigm shift, I think here's the thing. Okay. So as you know, I, you know, I don't just work in uh, digital advertising and the buying on the media side, but I also do the social media side as well. I still think social media generally, uh, in most places, we're going to say about 80% of companies here, take the, uh, 80, 20 distribution rule. I think 80% of all of the social media marketing is just fundamentally out of date it's yeah. uh, the space moves on so quickly that companies that don't have a dedicated social media manager mm. that's doing it for the passion rather than some sort of part-time job uh, they won't keep up within the space and the reason why they won't keep up within the space is the way in which the Algorithms on the the Facebook, Instagram platforms, for example, change the way the platform actually changed in terms of the the features and the mm-hmm. uh, the opportunities are there. So you can have stories, reels, um, you know, taggable products, um, the way in which the 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 feed displays, such as uh, whether it displays likes, whether it doesn't display likes, how it like um, how it, what's the word organizes the feed, whether it's based upon uh, the amount of likes and engagement that it's got, or whether it's just random based upon your interest. So yeah. all of these things are constantly in flux. Um, yeah. you know, you have to really live in the social media realm to keep up with the social media mm-hmm. world. And I think that 80% of companies don't do that. And henceforth, when I think that we move to the AR VR space, you'll have the same situation. Every so have agency, early
0: adopters, right? And right. Then-
1: yeah, I mean, as soon as that space comes out, we are going to be wearing AR, VR headsets mm-hmm. because we're going to be able, we're going to have to be able to understand those realms and those worlds. And people that aren't active users of AR and VR will not understand mm-hmm. how the space is operating, how people are living it. I mean, I'm sure if you take Gen Z today, Gen Z, they're already in the VR world. Yeah. There's all kinds of things going on in VR that... You know, if you're not constantly in that world, you won't understand. I think really.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, the thing is like the, when you think about the smartphone, the smartphone replaced a lot of stuff, a lot Mm. of gadgets like Mm. camera and um, obviously TV and it's, it's, it's replaced a lot of stuff. I think like take your glasses, for example, I can imagine like right now we've, we're looking at a laptop and we've got a phone, right? I can Mm. imagine your glasses could replace both. You could just, me and you could just be wearing glasses. And we, we could just be like talking to each other with a mic in the glasses and with the camera. And we it could all just be done through the glasses, right? Conceivably.
1: So, I mean, yeah. in a way, that's probably what the next, you know, version of Google Glass is going to attempt to be doing. I mean, mm-hmm. Chromebook is one thing that was ahead of its time, but Google Glass as well. The first version was well ahead of its time. Yeah.
0: A big, and Chromebook succeeded because it, it forced the other guys, the OEMs, to up their game, right? And then they, they think, oh, this is a good popular product. We're going to make Chromebooks as well. And then obviously proliferated. So if someone, say Apple launched in January, everyone and their mother is going to launch uh, Glasses next year, right? Do you, so, I, I
1: got a question there. Do, do you think that Chromebook was a success?
0: Financially, probably not. But it, it, it forced like the Lenovo's and it forced the Samsung's and all the other OEMs to churn out better laptops that the quality of the laptops got better after the Chromebook. Um, mm-hmm. that's my opinion. I don't know if it's fact but
1: I think they're my next two investments, to be honest with you, uh, the next gen Chromebook and the next gen AR glasses. That would be uh, awesome.
0: Which is a good segue because, uh, I, I tweeted out this uh, BCG graphic this week of the 50 most innovative companies. And these lists are always subjective, right? It's like some MBA, makes a list and like everyone's like oh they, they must be the most innovative companies and i i basically said they're all american or chinese which is a kind of lie because there's some japanese ones and there's a the odd british and germany company there but the point being that basically most of these companies are um internet software social like content attention based companies uh so i think the question i was thinking about was like what makes an innovative company in 2022 is it does it do you, do you have to be like a like a social media app or social media company or like a TikTok someone that gets attention like what is how the hell did they come up with this list
1: <laughs> you know I, I i really like a few different kind of companies um i'm gonna name two uh kind of fringe companies that actually i think they probably appeal more to men uh, crypto.com is, uh, I think a really interesting company based out of Hong Kong, uh, where you are. Right. And, uh, I think I'm going to take another one, which is going to be a little bit funny, but manscaped the, yeah. uh, the trimmer, the lawnmower. I think that both of these things maybe, you know, I, I'll tell you why I think they appeal to men because they both sponsor UFC and mixed martial arts, mm. which are mostly, uh, uh, you know, particularly male-dominated uh, audiences. Mm. However, I think that they're very innovative. I mean, crypto.com is such a cool idea that I could actually utilize the crypto that might exist in my uh, one of my wallets mm. as actual currency in the real world. I know friends of mine who actually use it. So uh, I don't think it's bad. I think yeah. it's a, a cool idea.
0: So You think like, so that list is like kind of BS, right? Because it's basically... The biggest companies by market cap, and it's
1: well. Random. I think a a lot of innovation within those big companies happens because they're actually like buying. Is is that? Can you hear that? Cleaning. Sorry. No. Oh, thank God for that. Uh, there's a crazy <laughs> cleaner in this building. No, I'm I mean, so,
0: so we take it list, right? You've got Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Tesla, Samsung. Fair enough, you know. Um, but then you've got companies like. Huawei, IBM, Dell, like most people wouldn't really associate those companies with like innovation, right? Like now.
1: Well, I think Huawei is a bit of an oppo in that sense. Like it puts patents on absolutely everything. So I think that's one measure. There's different ways to measure innovation. Like you've already alluded to that those lists are quite subjective.
0: Your old company is 22, Alibaba.
1: Alibaba, yeah, again... I think an unbelievably, uh, interest in place. Um, there's a lot of things going on in Alibaba behind the scenes. Like, for mm. example, they develop a lot of their own internal software products, which are quite cool. They integrate a lot of data, uh, mm. across all of their different, uh, data streams and their, their, you know, their analysis of that data, which is mostly based out of Singapore is absolutely intense. It's incredible. Yeah uh they've got so much information in the cloud and the way in which they track people that come in like come into their product world that interact with any of their products they mm-hmm. track you within their product and off their product mm-hmm. it's it's incredible really yeah
0: and uh, the, the, sorry go on
1: i do think it's like innovation but again that's innovation in one space how yeah. somebody outside of alibaba would decide that alibaba are the most innovative I'm not entirely sure. I mean, of course, they're going to be innovative. They've got a lot of money to test and iterate. But this real situation for me is that I just like seeing things that are completely new,
0: Hmm. which
1: is why I think that crypto.com is a really interesting use case, because maybe it wasn't the first in that space, but it's certainly been one that's held out the longest. And Hmm. I don't think it's going anywhere fast.
0: Another of your ex-companies, Walmart number 13. People will be a bit surprised at that. Like, what the hell, you
1: know? Well, a lot of their innovation is taking uh, place in, like, uh, 2B supply chains. Mm -hmm. um, Sort of the introduction of, like, robotics. They have a lot of robotics within their warehouses, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly in China. can't say I know too much about the U.S., but their supply chains in China, they're looking to be very readily uh, automated.
0: So, basically, innovation is... Uh, subjective and, uh, it's not equal across different companies. Like, I mean, you
1: can objectify it, right? So you could actually say, okay, well, these are the different dimensions, uh, that, you know, we are measuring what, what, you know, the, the, the measurement of the different categories of innovation. There may be across five or 10 dimensions. Um, but I think, yeah, we could, if, if it's just across Mm. one, it's potentially a little bit subjective. And also, yeah. there's like a lot of these companies are not exactly going to be uh, free to share some of the most top secret projects.
0: Right. I think the one the one for me that I, I'm quite bullish on is NVIDIA because um, we're talking about AR glasses, VR glasses. Their chips are going to be in everything. Like anything that needs a CPU, GPU, uh, cars, VR, AR, like everything is going to need NVIDIA. So I, I think out of the list, I'd probably put my savings on NVIDIA. But yeah. uh I'm not sure about some of the other companies. Well, like,
1: mm, yeah. I'm I'm no expert in uh processing, computer processing. Uh but I think it's uh because the GPUs, the way that they actually process information is very similar to like how a neural net works, mm-hmm. which makes GPUs uh a great tool over like traditional processors, like a CPU that you would get in the, inside your laptop.
0: Yeah. And just, just kind of on, on this subject of BCG, like, um, like we've seen in companies in the past, like a lot of these big companies, they hire like BCG, Bain, McKinsey to come in. Like, how are the, how can these guys kind of like, you know, these guys didn't invent anything. Right but they're, they're giving the most innovative companies. So how, how do they have the authority to, to do that? You know, they're just consultancy. Do they add any value to these companies? You know?
1: <laughs> the research firms, I guess, yeah. but, um, I don't know. That's what people, so this, there's, there's so many functions in the world, isn't there, mm. that, you know, if someone's function is that they like researching and they believe it adds value and someone else believes that information to be valuable. Mm. I think it's hard though you know like the 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 more i look at the world the the more avenues i think there are Mm. the harder it becomes i think these kind of companies are very much traditional and they exist in a traditional paradigm and therefore they measure everything in the traditional paradigm and that's totally cool it might be run on the bottom line it might be run on uh, again, some old uh, framework that they've developed about what makes an innovative company. Mm. But you know, it might not include blockchain companies like Crypto.com because there's a bearish market on crypto right now and henceforth, it doesn't you know, produce the bottom line results that might put it into the top innovation that's happening in the world. But in my opinion, I still think the technology that those crypto companies are based on is very innovative and the it's all in a way and again i know that a lot of people are gonna um think i am deluded there'll be a lot of commenters comment below uh that that think that crypto is not going to uh is is a con and it's a fraud and it's It's a Ponzi scheme I, i don't believe so i think the technology there is very real i think it's going to exist for a very long time but how it's going to be implemented is what's going to define the future. Mm-hmm. If nation state governments implement it, for example, centralized digital currencies, then it might, it has the potential to be utilized for good and bad. You know, we've both lived in China. They have the digital Yuan. They track all of the transactions. They know where you are based upon uh, your, your spending history. They own, and uh, well, they, they, they don't own and financial, uh, but they do, uh, they do keep a close eye on AMP financial. So, uh, the situation is, is that they developed this centralized system that you can effectively track everybody through their wallet. Now they may not enable it to be public. So you don't get to view into other people's wallets, but it still exists on a blockchain and that information will be stored there for the rest of your life. So mm. the technology is there, it already exists. Now, I think in terms of uh, you know, in the um in the space outside of centralized governments, it's going to be a matter of which one of these blockchain technologies will be adopted first. Some blockchain technologies, for example, like um Ethereum before the merge, uh, people might say, Okay, well, uh, it's a high energy consumption, so they've reduced the energy consumption. Uh, and the same is true of Bitcoin. However, again, these are probably like first mover advantages. I would really be curious to see um, which ones are going to be integrated into the main uh, systems. For example, you could trade uh, Facebook coin for Solana or Ethereum. I think that actually happened three weeks ago, by the way, the uh, the, yeah, the the merge. the technology was actually implemented to be able to trade yeah. uh, perhaps Facebook token with Ethereum, which would be an absolute game changer because you'd see people buying a Facebook token so, early on.
0: Basically, the bleeding edge doesn't need consultants, but if you're an older company, you've got more process, you need the consultant to kind of help you do your two by two matrix, you know, sort out your business, essentially, because otherwise you're going to fall off the, the face of the earth.
1: I guess it depends on the consultant. Mm. Um, I know somebody, uh, shout out to, uh, Liu, Liu Shan. Uh, I know somebody that, uh, works in an incubator for blockchain companies based out of Singapore. And before they did that, they were in, uh, Capgemini in consulting. And then afterwards they're in a VC. Uh, this person would be at the cutting edge and they'd still be a consultant. I think maybe our frame of reference for what consultants are as well would also change in the future.
0: I I met someone from EY this week and uh, I asked them all, what do you do? And honestly, I got a complete non-answer. Like it was like, Oh my God, like this doesn't sound uh, productive at all. But anyway, as you said, there's people willing to pay for it. You know, where there's a need, there's a marketplace, you know,
1: (laughs) Uh, there's also a lot of roles and people within company that Mm. at face value it might look like it's very valuable but then the reality is is what they putting into the the workspace the application of the 80 20 rule
0: but you hear here all the time startups like the founders and the, they build the technology they disrupt the market and then once they get a the certain size all the mbas come in the consultants to the adult supervision right to kind of get things in line the ducks in line before the company goes public or so
1: Well, I'm with Elon Musk on this one. I don't think you need a degree or an MBA to be innovative or good in business. I think that's just like, are you part of the, you know, MBA boys club? I think that's what it is. I'm not saying that it doesn't give you access to other people that might share your frame of reference or paradigm. It definitely does. But an MBA, it was something that when I was at Walmart, a lot of people were doing an MBA. I was thinking, oh, I better do an MBA. And then... I stopped and thought about it, and thought, "Well, why?" You know, a lot of people are doing it just for the network. It
0: looks like a two-year party from the outside, to be honest. On the golf course, on the country club, right? You know. It's an old
1: boys club. It's a cigar it's expensive, room, isn't it?
0: expensive old boys club. True. Uh cool. Um, one of the companies is not on this. Actually, the company is on this list. List, list is ByteDance forty-five. They own TikTok. Um, TikTok was in the news this week because the guy that runs TikTok global he used to be at Xiaomi. Uh he's Singaporean guy. So basically there's this big furore about TikTok in America and they want to ban it. So they they make this Singapore guy CEO to try and you know make it more global. But then Wall Street Journal came out this week and said, This guy is just a talking head, he has no power, all the power is run from the Beijing HQ. Um, so I think TikTok is in the air right now because it's crazy popular. Like everyone's going using TikTok, the, you know, like the attention and everything, but at the same time, it could be banned in a lot of markets. So like as a marketing person, uh, as well as a consumer, should we be investing time in TikTok, you know, or should we kind of resist? And
1: for me, it's like, it's like any kind of investment, isn't it? You need diversification within your portfolio. Mm -hmm. So the actual format, the, the video content format, it now exists on Instagram and it also exists on YouTube. So in terms of like TikTok, yeah, maybe, but if we're investing in that format of video content, you might as well put it on reels and you might, you may as well put it on YouTube shorts as well. So hmm. I don't, I don't know whether investing in TikTok like as like putting all your eggs in one basket is necessarily a good thing, especially when there's a. A little bit of uncertainty of whether it'll exist in Western markets in the future. Now to come back to the point of what the, uh, wall street journal article was pointing out. Uh, I think that's really a reflection of the culture. Um China generally runs with the top-down culture with uh, a very centralized point of authority. Uh you see that in their their advertising. Okay, um, you know, Oppo sponsor of the Champions League, but it's not necessarily about where you sponsor, it's about how you utilize that sponsorship. And because one person at the top wants to sponsor the Champions League for the reasons to get massive amounts of awareness throughout new European markets is fantastic. But then how is that communicated to the customer? It's about leveraging the association rather than just pay paying to win. You can't pay to win in the West. Maybe you can pay to win in some aspects of China. I've seen that influencer marketing, particularly in China, kind of works that you can buy a big celebrity and everybody will follow. But again, it's inherent of the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, people in China are much more subsequent to normative influence in the fact that they will gravitate towards what is norm. So if you've got some big celebrities that start wearing a certain brand, their followers will start wearing it. And then people that think that is also cool or think those people are cool will start wearing it too. Trends in the West just don't exist in the same format. It's the difference between the West and the East. And henceforth, why the wall street journal might have that opinion. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily think yeah, that they so were. Basically wrong you're either. saying
0: TikTok's kind of victim of the, the world right now. The, 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 kind of de-globalization, like it just happens that they're at the wrong place at the right, uh, sorry, the, the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, um, I think
1: the corporate structure of, uh, TikTok reflects the nation state culture, the organizational culture of China. That's Mm -hmm. what I think. And I think that some of that is incompatible with Western values and ideas.
0: But do you not also think like from the other side, like the internet has always been American, like every company in the internet has been American since day one. And do you think like they're, they're worried that they're going to lose their grip on the internet because it was invented there, right? Like military industrial complex, DARPA. Of course, the Tim Berners League guy, he was from the UK, but like that's just a browser, right? It's just the top part. So I often think maybe they're a little bit scared they're going to lose grip to India, to China, to these like big emerging players, you know? There's a bit of fear.
1: I'm not sure if it's about fear, but I'll give you a very clear example of what might uh, make nation state governments nervous about the adoption of tiktok um for those that have never lived in china they may not know this but inside china the tiktok is called douyin it's a different app it's a separate application it it works slightly differently but i think it's like if you're under 16 then your your uh, your screen time on this application is limited to an hour maybe a couple of hours a day whereas if you go to the west it's unregulated and the content on there is often quite, we'll say loose uh, to be to be nice about it. Mm. So that there's often some content on there that's quite loose. It's not censored and it's not regulated and it's not restricted to your eight year old. But if you go to China, it, it would be very much a different story. Mm. And I think that that makes nation states gov- uh, governments nervous because it, it, they, they're kind of worried that, uh, it's a back door to China to have media influence within their nation.
0: Mm-hmm. and to sp-
1: like spread ideas.
0: Mm-hmm. But then again, counter argument is American companies spread, spread American ideals. So you've got, you know, Google with their kind of liberal agenda. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a difficult, it's impossible to answer the question. We know that the application is addictive. Like, it's just, it's, it's when you scroll through TikTok, like you're served up these videos. They're fun to watch. They're fast. You know, there's no, there's no tag. There's no like searching. There's no feed. You're just getting content like served up all the time. Right. Um, and we saw, we saw it in China and other places on the Metro, right. When you see people, it's just like flicking video, video, video Yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's eventually, I think they're going to have to spin off. I think we'll have to say, Yin is China. And then TikTok will be a public company owned by shareholders and institutional people. I think that's probably what's going to have to happen.
1: I mean, will it though? Look at Alibaba. Correct. Look at Alibaba. Mm. And even if it was, would people have faith in the company? Mm. The, the, people invest in these companies to make money. It's not because they agree yeah. with the ethics or the morality
0: TikTok is making money though, right? They're getting more and more of the marketing budget. Oh, I'm
1: sure. They're, and they're you know what that. as well? Chinese companies that want to expand overseas, take my word for it. Love TikTok. Why you get huge numbers, uh, very low cost per view, very low uh, cost per mill, yeah. very low cost per click. The only problem I have uh, that having used, uh, TikTok for digital advertising is, even though you get like a lot of clicks, mm. it's what's the quality of the lead? What's the the quality of the acquisition? Mm. Yeah, the cost may be low, but maybe the conversion, yeah. you know, let's say that you're driving towards a conversion goal of like a sale. I tend to find that you, you don't convert many leads, yeah. which may in itself present a problem because you may have other advertisements uh, like, uh, yeah software plugged into your, to your site. Let's again, say Shopify yeah. for the example, although I could have said AliExpress, and it will yeah. confuse it with regards to, uh, the demographics and the profiling of people that actually might be interested yeah. in your product or service.
0: Another thing we, we know as well is that we work with creators and KOLs and they have like two revenue streams, right? They've got the ad revenue and they've got the brand deals. Um, and the, the, like YouTube gives them the ad revenue. It gives them the brand deals. TikTok really only gives them brand deals. It's they're not getting monetized. And we saw this week, uh, we, we posted our first shorts this week and it was That's a good, good week. week to post them because, uh, YouTube also announced they're going to monetize the shorts. So basically YouTube are kind of going after TikTok saying, you know, you post your short videos on our platform, we're going to pay you and TikTok don't have that. Right. So interesting to see how they respond that
1: true i mean i know that other social media platforms are following suit here uh, i think instagram uh, is going to be the yeah. next one but TikTok does have a marketplace for creators uh, which is something that is uh unique so it's easier for the smaller influencers to be able to strike up deals with brands
0: yeah
1: but slowly slowly instagram youtube are eating market of TikTok.
0: Yeah. Final one on TikTok. Are we going to post on TikTok as in hybrids?
1: Oh, that is a great question. I think right now uh, we can. I think we maybe should. Uh, the situation really is there's an operational cost to every channel that you expand <laughs> yeah. into. Yeah. That's the situation. It's not easy to run four or five social media channels and so often when we have our clients we see that they spread themselves far too thin they're too diversified which Mm -hmm. means that the amount of like backing the amount of uh cost or the Mm -hmm. money or whatever it is that they put the effort the energy the resources that they put into each of the channels is too thin for them to be able to drive any real impact at some point, what what we should be doing, let's say that we do post on TikTok, is we again need to apply the eight to twenty rule and go. Okay, well, where's the money uh, driver? What's the you know? Where's the attribution for the conversion? And yeah. then invest in there. Um, maybe it's uh, maybe we should get on WeChat uh, channels.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, and 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 the other thing I see is like there's this argument where do you make one piece of content for all the platforms or do you make like different content for each platform? I think that debate's still kind of ongoing right now because it's, uh, it's so easy just to make one piece of content and then chop it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the big guys are actually have, if you've got resources, you're going to have dedicated teams to put content on each platform. Right. So I think it's it's a question of how much resource you have as a right. company or creator
1: i guess if we're talking 916 aspect ratio videos that we'll call them tiktok style videos yeah. for the the sake of this then yeah put it yeah. on wechat put it on instagram put it on youtube put it on tiktok yeah. now's the time but if we're talking about like each platform Twitter might have a specific purpose or an objective within your social media strategy, and Instagram might have a different one because the demographics that exist on those platforms are generally split male on Twitter, female, on Instagram. So yeah. also it depends upon your target audience and who you're going after on those platforms, which will, me personally, I would always opt for a differentiated strategy that's mm. more focused. Every time we talk with a client, we have specific goals with each channel, with each uh, platform, mm. because we can drive more efficiency if we optimize the content on that platform and make it made for platform purpose
0: yeah what what do you think about the the so there's this debate right now in the ad tech thing about the numbers and the transparency like do you think like we know the TikTok numbers are massive are these are these like fake numbers are they juicing the numbers or are they are they like real
1: you know that's a that's something that uh me and some of my colleagues uh, at Alibaba used to discuss all the time, mostly yeah. coming back to the, uh, the quality of the acquisition. Um, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the thing is, it's how you read the metrics and what's important to you. Uh, quite often when we're working with, uh, clients in China, um, you know, they, they love a huge number. Like numbers. But- yeah. The number isn't necessarily important, is it? It's how it moves the needle towards yeah. your ultimate objective. If your objective is sales, it doesn't matter whether you've got 30 million views or 30 views on a video. What
0: matters is the bottom line. Engagement. Yeah, but that's the problem, right? The whole, all of the social media platforms are gauged, sorry, are are set up for big numbers. Like that's, that's how they've, that's how KOL's creators platforms pitch companies and. They they just say here's our subscriber list here's our followers, right now the whole thinking is numbers right big numbers and what we're, what you're saying is basically, forget that like focus on results, engagement, you know,
1: yeah. Play the I, long I, game. Play the long I, I, game. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I agree. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, the the situation is, is that the, the tactics within the marketing on the digital space are becoming far more sophisticated than just mm. numbers, because the markets are becoming far more saturated, yeah. and people have to be able to compete mostly on a set of principles that resonate with a particular audience rather than just going mass market. Yeah, if there's a lot of choice, people don't have to choose you. Exposure is just one element. It's really about how people evaluate your brand and how people feel post-purchase and whether they're likely to refer it to somebody else.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, let's uh, see what happens with TikTok. Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch. And uh, I think they're not going to get anywhere. Like if, for example, like I saw that YouTube has more um, users in India than like, uh, all of the other markets, like combined in terms of the, the viewership, it's like if they don't have India, like they're not going to be a global platform, right? You need to be able to be available in all the big markets. So I don't know how that's going to.
1: I mean, look at Facebook oh. though. Face Facebook are building infrastructure in yeah. India, just so that they can maintain dominance there. Mm-hmm. India is the future. India's the future, you know, a population that's going to be bigger than China. I'm not sure what it is now. 1.5, One point six. 1. billion.
0: 1.4, yeah, 5, yeah, something like that. But... Incredible.
1: It's 20% of the world's population, basically.
0: Yeah. Speaking of something that touches the world's population, um, subject close to your heart, music. I was reading this week, um, Time Magazine had a big piece on Blackpink. Hands up. I actually don't mind a bit of Blackpink. I I like a little bit of Blackpink. Um, Obviously, crazy popular here in Asia. Um, But the criticism on the article was like, and this probably happens to a lot of bands, artists, is like they have a breakthrough, right? They have a new voice, a new direction. Um, But then the problem is the commercial side kicks in, right? Because when the record labels come in, they say, oh, we can make money from this artist. And then they changed the band into like a formula. So like the criticism in the article was like, well, Blackpink have a lot of potential, but actually they're becoming very formulaic. They're becoming very commercial. Their their music's kind of tailored towards like different brands and different like markets. Um, Do you think that's a valid criticism? And do you think that's a worry for like music as a whole, you know, like with Spotify and like these big platforms, you know, dictating a lot of the... The kind of um what's the, the the artistic um direction
1: yeah i've always held a strong position on this i mean i personally like my music to be artistic so i really like an artistic expression though the other day um one of our good close friends uh shout out to tim page uh came every, week we sh-
0: every week we shout at tim page <laughs>
1: yeah that's true um yeah shout out to tim page um he we we were talking about that drake song well not drake actually travis travis scott and um the production on that track is a is a really really interesting track the track is called sicko mode okay and it's it's just a really interesting production there's like several voices on there that are ad-libs from other artists not actually the artist but they're distorted so you wouldn't you wouldn't know it if you didn't know it Um, you might know it if you watched the music video but you wouldn't know it if you just listened to the track anyway we searched out who were the songwriters on the track and who were the you know how many people were in the production and there was a team of like 40 people just listed on the wikipedia page that doesn't even include perhaps like um any kind of like you know assistant producer uh, or ghost writer so how many people actually produced that track is kind of unknown now again it could come down to what is the definition of like artistic like uh, uh, artistic how do you artistic say
0: Artistic direction no artistry like
1: artistry artistry yeah that's it <laughs> um it could be come down to your subjective definition. Mm. Uh, but the reality is, I mean, me personally, uh, I'm a big fan of like, almost like singer songwriters and bands, or even music producers like DJs, like that actually produce their music. That's made as an expression rather than just to sell. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the issue, uh, that we see within the music industry that people, Some people do it for the love and some people do it for the money. And again, it may be down to personal choice. My feeling today, though, is that the record labels have so much influence, especially in like modern forms of uh, music content consumption, Spotify, uh, even MySpace back in the day, uh, that it's changed the nature of the game. When you were growing up in the 90s, the charts were very different because it was probably like... 20 to 30 year olds going out and purchasing albums at, uh, you know virgin megastores hmv or whatever the american equivalent of those were like record shops and that would define the charts you know that would be popular music pop music like we know it what's changed the game these days is it's though it's like 15 year olds streaming yeah. on spotify that's defining yeah. what is popular music and popular culture so yeah. i think there's been a shift in demographic that's also based about the the consumption
0: so that's music. that's a great ar- argument from the uh artistic side uh but then you'll get guys like the record label guys and the spotify guys they'll turn around and say jake but blackpink are, they've only released 30 songs in their mm-hmm. how many years they've been active which is a tiny number right but then they're the most followed uh girl band in the world on social media they've all got like 60 70 million followers on instagram commercially they're massive success like that's their that would be the counter argument right They're successful people like the music in general and they're successful what's not not to like and so they're the biggest girl band and then they would apply the same to like harry styles another guy who who's got a good voice like we know he's got a good voice but then all the songs are as we know quite meh you know like everyone's like oh it's it's melancholic but it's not like it doesn't really strike home and he's the same you know like very successful commercially sells out every arena uh everyone loves him you know he has this he walks that line between the you know like the the romantic guy and the lgbt and like you know he touches a lot of bases so how can you be critical of these these uh artists you know
1: i mean for me it's just what what i'm not critical of them for me what for me it's like the distribution channels of music don't don't necessarily fall in favor of artists mm. you know i i want to see more projects by you're successful saying it's not
0: by... their fault you're saying it's not their fault they're just in the system right yeah i'm saying that the,
1: but yeah the system might be a little bit overpowered mm-hmm. i don't think it would be uh like a meritocracy i don't think it would Mm. be fair i mean is anything fair i'm not sure so who's
0: um so so if they're in the system who's not in the system who's like out there doing his thing her thing and is still successful the music is good
1: you know it's funny you should say that because uh the other day i did see a little documentary on the arctic monkeys and uh, why they became famous, basically. And effectively, yeah. they were giving out free copies of like their band's recording. They mm. weren't selling them at the end of the gigs. They were just giving out copies of these CDs. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and people started uploading them to streaming sites like MySpace and YouTube. People were sharing them Bluetooth on mobile phones. This was almost like the birth of the, uh, the, the music age on the internet. Mm. And um, when they released their first, single, everybody already knew the song. Everybody knew the words because that,
0: to be fair though, that was a different era though. Like, I mean, like today, who who's today, who's like basting out the system? Like who's ignoring all the, the kind of, uh, the, the, the channels and the, the kind of matrix.
1: Well, I became a big fan of the black keys for that reason, to be honest okay. with you. I'd never really listened to their music. I mean, maybe one or two of their songs that had made it big in the charts, Mm. Uh, but I'd never really taken the time to appreciate them as a band. I think that I think that's the thing though. As the times changed, the culture around music has changed. Mm. It's no longer people going into record stores and buying like a twelve-track double-sided vinyl. You know, it's people. I'll I'll drop
0: a name. I'll drop a name who I think's not following convention, and I'm not being biased because he's from Scotland, but. Um, I think two weeks ago, Louis Capaldi put out these billboard ads, and we'll put it on the screen where he's basically lying naked, um, and he's not the most uh, aesthetically Fetching. pleasing uh, guy. I think he's he's not really following the rules, like he's he's not that conventional guy. I
1: agree. Um, I like him. I like his persona. Kind
0: of, he's a bit like Ed Sheeran, but like in musically, but he's not like Ed Sheeran in terms of like following the the kind of script, you know, in terms of the the vibe and the, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, shout out to Ed Sheeran, really. I know that some of his songs are uh, co-written with songwriters, but, uh, I mean, I don't know anymore. Um, I hope that he still gives um, uh, credit to the songwriters and they, they still make uh, money off the tracks. Yeah. Um, I know that he... This was a while ago before he was like the success that he is now. I know that he would often tour some smaller tours with the people that helped co-write some of the songs and he would go around some of these countries. Uh, I do think Ed Sheeran is, uh, is another artist that actually popped into my head and maybe it's a good thing because he is the most listened to artist in the world on Spotify. So maybe, maybe like unique talent does shine through in the end. And, you know, he's a guy that if you you look back, I mean, I remember seeing him break onto the scene on YouTube, really. He was like a YouTube artist because he was like a little ginger kid that could occasionally rap and play a guitar. But um, yeah, prop, props to him. I hope he still uh, supports the grassroots. What about, um,
0: have you listened to Bad Bunny? I was checking the billboard charts. This guy, Bad Bunny is like all over it.
1: No, I haven't, I haven't but I have heard Cardi B and Little Nas X.
0: Cardi B is one of those that kind of is, yeah. Lizzo, Cardi B, same kind of thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, I Cardi B, maybe <laughs> she's a product of the modern day culture, but I just, I think that some of her music is a little bit explicit.
0: What about personally? the weekend? What's your thoughts on the weekend?
1: mainstream, but I mean, I would have to look more into his like, uh, writing styles, but again, I know that he's got a few exceptional songs, a few exceptional tracks. Yeah. No Ooh. doubt.
0: Um, so basically on the music side, uh, do you think it's like near term? Do you think we're going to be in a good spot in terms of like music? Or do you think where, where are we at? Like in your
1: my estimation is that the music industry is very much following the trends of like the normal business industry whereby, you know, there's some, um, companies like we, in the, in the sense of music record labels that totally dominate the space and it makes it much harder for breakthrough artists and bands. And and it
0: means a duopoly, right? Spotify and Apple. So you're either on one or the other.
1: Right. And I, I don't think that that's, uh, a great way for artists to get recognized. Yeah. Maybe though in the future, they'll almost be like a band or musician that does what Andrew Tate yeah. did, basically. Like, yeah. Sort, sort of plays the system. Well,
0: Jay-Z tried to do that with Tidal, right? He tried to say, we're just going to have our own streaming service, but it didn't work ultimately. Didn't... Uh... Well, well, he actually made a lot of money from it. To be fair, when they sold it, he made a lot of money, but it didn't go mainstream.
1: It, it wasn't Deezer also one of those and these are like...
0: still going i think but in france right popular in france i have no idea i think it's kind of dead and the other one soundcloud was the other one but soundcloud i used it but just didn't make any money and didn't grow
1: well i also used uh soundcloud back in the day in like yeah. 2012 and it was really good for independent producers independent, and yeah. musicians But I think everybody's got to be on, like, Spotify, Apple Music these days. And even YouTube. YouTube as
0: well. Um, Final one. Uh, I was watching it this morning when I woke up. uh, Roger Federer, last ever tennis match. He was a great in tears. Um, Personally, for me, like, he was a bit of a ledge because, like, he was a guy that um, in tennis, like, tennis was all about brute force. So the Mm -hmm. most powerful guys, the Rafas, the, the, the Novaks, they just smash it um and this guy he was just so elegant and graceful and it, it brings up the old like metaphor in life like but you know um nice guys always come last right but but roger actually bucked the trend and he actually won a lot but he was a nice guy he never said a bad word about anyone never got angry never throw the racket never like do any novak style like tantrums um so basically do you think like he's a good role model in today's era like to win
1: yeah he's yeah. still you know I, I don't i can't say i'm a huge uh tennis fan but yeah. uh roger federer is uh my favorite personally mm-hmm. just um, the way he carries himself right he has got finesse, finesse it's got class. Yeah. That's and that's, the how, that's
0: how you should live your life right like correct don't you know bad
1: yeah, I mean it will play out in the long term as well. Like when people talk about the greatest of all time, whether it's in golf or or football or um, business, business, um, MMA, MMA, you know, anything. It it could be anything. There may be people that burst onto the scene and uh, they're an explosion of colors and words. But then I think when people look back and reflect in fifteen years, it's like, well, who who's uh, who's morality? Uh, did we like the most who was yeah. the...
0: I mean, we're talking about the Queen there. Like, the Queen obviously carried herself very well. End of and, an era. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, again, Tom Cruise with Top Gun this year, the guy picks and chooses his films. He doesn't make that many movies, but, obviously, everyone loved it. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of examples. Um, I have but, to um, say,
1: Tom Cruise is a low-key goat. Yeah. I will say that because... Uh, I watched, uh, edge of tomorrow, literally yesterday. Edge Have you seen it?
0: Uh, what's that, what's that one?
1: Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Actually, you should go, you should go and watch it. It's a I great film, the older
0: but... ones, like nineties, or. Uh, 2014. Is
1: it? Oh, just... yeah. uh, honestly though, the character development in the film, I think it pays testament to how good, uh, These Tom Cruise is as an actor.
0: Like Federer, Tom Cruise, like his dedication to the craft that's, that's what they all have in common, isn't it? Oh,
1: a hundred percent. Same with their Sheeran. Same yeah. with their Sheeran. It's like their willingness to fail and get better. They put okay. themselves out there, you know, yeah. and if they fail, they'll start again at their beginnings. That's it. You know, yeah, it's, I, nuts. it's uh that's, that's how you should live your life. You said it. Mm. That's
0: how but, you should um, live your life. Who's, who's, I, I know you mentioned MMA, like who's the one, Person that you look up to in terms of like celebrity, like one or two. Um, MMA,
1: you, no, I M- mean M- anything. Any, any, MMA, like fastest growing sport in the world. So I
0: mean, anyone famous like in the history, like celebrity, you know, artist.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. That's a really hard question. I mean, when you said MMA, I, I was thinking Khabib. Khabib. Um, I have, I really was, you know, the guy lives in the mountains. Oh, you're going to with... say,
0: like, Frank Bruno or something?
1: <laughs> no, no. Oh, Mike Tyson almost crossed my lips, but then I remembered that he'd been to prison and some was a serial offender. Crime, yeah. But, you know, the mindset of a champion at the same time. I mean, I can respect him in that, but is he a role model? Probably not. Same with Conor McGregor, not a role model. No. Khabib, potential, but I don't know enough about him. He seems a lot more humble um who else Ah, that's that's a tough one i mean the whole thing as well is like messi easily one of the best humble
0: quiet character yeah
1: who else who else is on there
0: i i i for 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 a long time i thought jeff bezos until i found out about the you know he ditched the wife um you know (laughs) that wasn't very nice uh I mean, obviously, tech guys we'd say Jobs because Jobs like hired himself like super charismatic, and he changed the world, blah blah some blah. Some people didn't like him though. Some people didn't like him, but uh, it's yeah. a tough question. That it's a I tough know. question. Politicians, no, no one really in politics, I don't think. Uh, yeah, but they all they thing. always burn themselves. The politicians, like they do something stupid.
1: I think that's life, though, isn't it? Everybody's yeah. got good and bad yin and yang.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, no one's perfect.
0: No, that's the try that's the truth. Like no one's perfect. Yeah. No uh
1: David Beckham. What about David Beckham?
0: Uh, uh The thing with David Beckham is he wasn't the greatest footballer. So like for Why me was it like, wasn't such appeared, a
1: sensation, you know.
0: Just marketing, right? Like branding image. He's not he's not one of these amazing legendary talents. Can't put him on the same level as like Ronaldo and Messi, so I don't think uh, he would go there. But I mean, he was for some people, though. It depends again
1: how you define it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't put him up there with like Messi, Ronaldo, but I can understand why. I mean, Thierry Henry completely underrated.
0: A lot uh, 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 in the business community, like like America, you have Gates. You have Jobs, um, Buffett. In the UK, you've got like Branson, Felix um, Dennis, Felix Dennis. Like these guys, Dyson, the Dyson guy. James Dyson, yeah, yeah. yeah. But these guys are, you know, they're just human beings, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just they're human beings. They have got their flaws, you know. Right. The Dyson guy was like Brexit, 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 and and then he pied off to Singapore, right, (laughs) with Dyson and uh, Sugar. I don't know, like, Sugar's not. Um, he did a lot of dodgy well, He's the Donald as well. Trump
1: of the UK, isn't uh, he, really? Kanye. <laughs> uh, a legend, really. <laughs> Again, yeah. another, another one that mindset. His mindset is uh, what puts, you know, differentiates him. Really, really believes that he can do anything and then he goes and does it. And yeah, he has built that reputation, which is almost like. I'm going to watch what this guy does because it may be amusing, but it may be complete genius, you know, and you can't take that away from him.
0: He, he is a bit of a genius. I, I watched he an interview loves using him. that word. Yeah. Yeah. He said something yeah. this week. Um, he said he doesn't believe in, so he said he, he likes to actualize actualization. That was his like mm. thing. But, uh,
1: That sounds like Maslow, 1980.
0: He's he's, he's, um he's kind of out there, you know, like in his own thing. I don't know.
1: He really is. He's a genius. I think he's a genius. Mm. I think he's a genius. Not just in music, business. Right,
0: mate. We're gonna wrap up. We're gonna wrap up. That was a good episode. Uh, Let's um let's do the next one next week. What's gonna happen in the world? what's happening
1: Ooh, we don't know i think next week's gonna be exciting i feel like next week's gonna be an exciting one
0: yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna go into the last quarter of this year already which is kind of nuts yeah, but, yeah. Uh,
1: summer ends doesn't
0: it, is it Summer ending over? today is it today thanks today yeah summer is officially yeah. over so winter is coming <laughs>
1: winter's coming winter's in.
0: coming yeah. Yeah.